This episode of According to Flint is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who is proud to bring the Western lifestyle and outdoor enthusiasts together for conservation projects, enhancing elk habitat, and ensuring the future of America's hunting heritage. Visit rmef.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of According to Flint. Welcome to According to Flint, the innovative podcast reaching beyond the Western demographic with stories, humor, and interviews. Now, here's your host, Flint Rasmussen. Well, welcome to episode 21 of the worldwide phenomena known as According to Flint, the podcast. Joining me, a this is a person told me this is the most important podcast of my entire career that I will ever record. So joining me today in studio, uh, getting ready for their appearances at the College National Finals Rodeo in Casper, Wyoming. Members of the Montana State University Bobcat Rodeo team, Relatives of mine, Paige, which one? Paige and Shelby Rasmussen. My girls, I'm going to say your your idea, your your idea. Yeah, I'm taking all the credit for this one. Well, okay, because if it's really crappy, you're taking all the credit for this one. But this was, I mean, not you guys, I got to say, the interviewing thing, you know, there's people... Uh, sports reporters and different people, especially across Montana, that when they need a rodeo interview, they go to you guys. Like, yeah, it's just kind of something we've always been. I mean, not always, but especially lately, we've always. Kind yeah, of but been it, it but sub, probably that you don't even remember. I remember yeah. uh, you weren't born yet. You maybe no, I don't think you were born yet. But we were in Tucson, and I remember sitting doing a TV interview, and you just sitting there watching so this has always been something that the interview thing's always been a part of what goes on in our family is yeah exactly and now I've had experience on the other side of it so I think it's way easier now to be interviewed because I have interviewed people and which I think is just from a lot of watching and stuff too so yeah kind of cool to be on both sides of it remember when I've told you both when you do an interview the interviewer and I, I remember telling you you don't just have to answer the question if you're answering the question and you think of something else, talk about it. And you said, is that okay? Now that you've interviewed people, don't you see that you like when they just talk and you don't have to talk so much? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it makes everyone's life way easier. <laughs> and you have now experienced what I have a little bit. You've interviewed cowboys, like high school age cowboys. Oh, you did da 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 da. What do you think about, uh, how do you feel here at Nationals? Good. Good. <laughs> Ju- junior high national finals was a great place to start my interview. <laughs> it's the, they're scared to death. Yeah. yeah I get Shelby interviewing at the junior high nationals. They don't know how to talk on TV and a cute blonde girl, <laughs> 10 years older or five years older than is interviewing him. They're flustered. Well, I used to be there because I didn't used to talk. So. You never No, spoke. I never talked. So it, it takes a while to warm up. It does. Uh, the years that you didn't talk, I, I affectionately call those the good old days. But <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah all yeah. of us. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, 
first things first. Well, besides talking about interviewing, but thank you for coming. Yeah. Just finishing up a uh, getting horses shod and a goat tying practice not far from here. So caught you in town. Getting ready, Shelby, your second college national finals rodeo appearance. Appearance, Paige, your first, and both of you last year kind of got wiped off the books because of, you know, COVID. COVID. <laughs> so the, technically, your first. You for sure had the college finals pretty much made last year. You were uh, you had a spring to make up some ground, but that was last year. Everything. Things for the majority of the country were heartbreaking last year. Everybody lost a little something, and those that didn't were outspoken about keeping the country shut down because it didn't affect them. But it was heartbreaking. Yeah, it was really hard. And it wasn't just that we didn't get to go to the college finals that week, it was that, okay, where do we go from here? Do we keep working? Do we take a break? There was no motivation to do anything because there were no events coming up. And so it was really hard to just keep yourself positive and keep practices purposeful because everything was so uncertain. We had no idea where we were going to go next. Yeah. Purposeful is a good way to describe how practice is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And we always talk every time you practice, have a purpose, always get a little bit better. But when you don't know, I mean, you remember the old Allen Iverson, we talking about practice. We talk, you know, you gotta, I, I always wondered how it, it would suck being a, either on an NFL practice squad, which Alex Singleton talked about, or a red shirt in football where you just practice. It, it's hard. Yeah, we were headed when we we were headed to spring break in Arizona last year to get ready for rodeo season. I mean, we spent a lot of money to get, and obviously Arizona spring break is awesome, but we were spending the money to go get ready for college rodeo season. At that point, we had calves down there. We had goats down there. And I remember driving through Utah and getting the email that we were online for school indefinitely. And it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Well, yeah, yeah. And then like two days later, it was, we don't have Bozeman College Rodeo in the field house. And then it was like, we were going to have it. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was, we were, we were going to have that as the last rodeo in the spring. So, I mean, still a little bit like there, but it was just getting farther and farther away because then pretty soon it was like, okay, no, no spring college rodeos, but Casper's still going to happen. And then a couple of days later it was, okay, no Casper. And then all and of a sudden nothing. No, no summer rodeos. We didn't even know if we would go back to school. And so you just kind of kind of floating you don't know where you're going you don't know what to work towards yeah you're either floating or drinking or both yeah, or both it, right. but it was hard it's um it, yeah that it, i remember it when it was me hey we're shutting down for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. you know we did a show in atlanta with no crowd we're shutting down for a couple of weeks all right i'm kind of burnt out i'm grouchy my my knees hurt this will be great like two months later <laughs> Same thing. What are we ever going to do? And so that aside, you know, when I tell people out on the road and probably people, some people watching this, my girls are on the college rodeo team, Montana State. Um, Generally, general knowledge of the general public, they don't realize there is college rodeo. It's so they're like, oh, tell me about this. But for people who don't know, Yes, there's college rodeo, but it's not an NCAA. Like, you guys win money at your college rodeos. It, how would you describe it? Club sport 
some it's more involved in some colleges. Yeah. What, what do you tell us what you know? I think it depends on the school. A lot of them is like a club sport. I know at Montana State, it is technically a team. It's just not NCAA. Like it's it's classified through all the athletics as like an athletics program and a, and a team. A lot of schools, um, I think of Texas A&M just because I looked at there. It's right. just a club. They can't really give Complete scholarships. Complete club, yeah. But like MSU can give really good scholarships. They can give athletic scholarships and they can. Um, so I think that is, I mean, it is a large part of our school. And I hate to say at Montana State, it's probably one of the, besides football, it's pretty it's it, it, probably it, the mo- one of the more well-known sports. And traditionally the- yeah. really big. I was looking at, what did we decide? We didn't look it up, but there's over 100 schools across the country, colleges, mm-hmm. that have college rodeo. Mm-hmm. And very few, though, not very many, like Division One NCAA colleges. No, there aren't many four-year universities with... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can, yeah. off the top of my head, I could name Montana State, of course, University of Montana. Uh, University of Wyoming has a great program. Sam Houston State, which mm-hmm. both of you looked at. Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. I think Idaho State has a program. Yeah. Utah Valley yeah. is a four. So there's a few, there's but a few. pretty. And it kind of depends on the region. I know. I think the Northwest region has no four years. Four years. And it's kind of interesting. Like a lot of people come to me that don't know a lot about college rodeo and they say, oh, well, junior colleges are allowed in and. A lot of times junior colleges have the best teams because Cowboys prefer junior colleges. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go to Texas, the University of Rodeo. The yeah. Tar- wasn't Tarleton like the famous for being Yes. just, and it's yeah. a good school. It is. Yeah. It's a good school and they have a good rodeo. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's just <laughs> interesting to see, you know, a lot of different size schools have all different kinds of athletes. Yeah, it's different. It's kind of interesting to observe how different schools, like how they go about it. Like yeah. some some small, I think of Cochise and Lynn Smith. Like it is Cochise College in Arizona. In Arizona, mm-hmm. yeah, with Lynn Smith as the the coach. It is a it is a hardcore sport. You know, a hard they they treat it like like any a other D1 sport. sport, and yeah. they have three hundred kids in the, at the college. Whole, so, in the whole school, that. and that's a JC. That's a two year yeah. yeah college. Yep. But, uh, you know, point being, a lot of people just, uh, it's not understood of how that works, especially if fans that I talk to that are from the East Coast or even a lot of people in California don't understand. And sorry, one of the may, a great program is Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, a major four-year college. And they've traditionally, they have some great rodeo cowboys have come up. It's kind of interesting though, because that's one of the, probably the best programs in the nation. And they can't really, as far as under, as far as I know, they can't really give out a ton of scholarships because it's not so immersed. I think we're pretty lucky at Montana state with the scholarships we're able to get because the the school is so behind. Well, and then you have, you have donors to the program Mm -hmm. that have provided that as well. Um, But it's a, so there's regions around the country, but it's cool because every re- region goes, it, you can't, you know, and I, I do as we talk and not to spend too much time on it, but high school rodeo, every state was different. Like the way you qualified for the national high school finals, the number of rodeos you had, the point system, every state you couldn't keep up. Now, once everybody got to nationals, it was a clean slate and you competed against each other. But every kid in college rodeo has the same mm-hmm. number of rodeos, same point system. You still come into nationals with a clean slate. Didn't used to. Mm-mm. Used to whatever team points, whatever individual points you took. But 
but you're we're not, all getting there the same way. You're all, but at least because when you brought your points, it didn't make much sense because you weren't competing against mm-hmm. everyone. But now five, ten rodeos, correct? Ten total, yeah. So you guys do five. Does everybody do five in the fall, five in the spring, no. or is it? It just depends, and it was really different this year. A lot of yeah. schools only had spring rodeos, but I know more more regions. There are some that do mainly one headers, and there's some that do all long and shorts. And then, but the points even out. Like we have a couple one headers, and then a couple long two head rodeos. But but same, you have to follow the same system. So it, yeah. it does depend. I know, like through Texas, I think it's just spread out through the year. Yeah, and then well, because they don't have a lot of snow. No. They did for a while this year, but yeah. that's, uh, um, I remember when you guys were in high school, you wanted to do something, um, to show, cause you do, I wear a cowboy hat in a airport. Guess where I'm from? Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and everybody talks about Texas and it is the home of a lot of great cowboys. Now I know by witnessing it, a lot of Texas Cowboys move there like from Montana. So we got to take that into account. But I remember in high school, remember you wanted to write it, do a feature about how tough Montana high school rodeo kids were because it could be raining. It could be snowing. You've competed in the snow this spring at a college rodeo. There is, there is adversity to overcome in practicing and competing at a rodeo in Montana that a lot of places don't have to put up with. Don't you? Yeah, exactly. Because, a lot of times down down south they're in covered barns and kind of know that it's going to be the same setup every week. We go to road arenas that are huge where we have a super long goat score and then we'll go places that are smaller, indoor, and it just is different every week and we never know what the, the conditions are going to be and the stock is different and the weather just plays a big, big role. Yeah, yeah. all things aside, setups, different cattle, everything, like – uh, we rodeoed in a blizzard in Bozeman yeah. You're this tough. spring. And Montana even, kids are tough, kind of. Kind yeah. of. Even when you are inside, like even when we have indoor rodeos, we still have to deal with the weather yeah. because our indoor rodeos aren't these big uh, barns where we can just stay inside the whole You're time. You're not all, we yeah. Still you, have to deal you don't with have the a warm up area. You don't, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but we dealt with it. There, there's a key to doing well. You guys, the Bozeman Spring Rodeo, which is one of the traditionally one of the, I, I think there's three really, really great college rodeos, uh, excluding the college. Okay, we'll call it fourth. College National Finals Rodeo, of course, which is amazing. Was in Bozeman, Montana for years. Uh, had a couple of weird years in Rapid City, but now has been in Casper. Great rodeo. There's three others. The spring rodeo in the in the field house on campus at Montana State, mm-hmm. Tennessee Martin yeah. is that the one, and Cal Poly in the football stadium. Yeah, it's not a normal thing. You guys couldn't be in the field house this year. Nothing was happening on campus. Yeah, you couldn't uh, couldn't gather people because universities because you know COVID. COVID. Um, so this year you're outside. It's a blizzard. It, it literally. It was a blizzard, mm-hmm. but we went through this and I coached you in track and we talked about how you handle the weather and how you beat everyone else, right? Yeah. When, when the weather's bad, a lot of times people come out and they'll be shivering. This is stupid. This is, I hate this. This sucks. Yeah. yeah. And if you just come out and you walk around and you say, no, it's a good day. It's not that bad. Um, and you just don't let yourself shiver so much. And it's all about the mentality because somebody's got to win in the bad weather. 
somebody's going to do good. And so let yourself think that it's going to be you and you just can't let the conditions get to you. Yeah. I, I've told you this cause you were in track, but when I was in high school, the weather was really bad, which in Montana track chances are good. I, I used to do very well on bad weather track days because I loved what I was doing so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I just wanted to be at a track meet. Yeah. And so I beat kids because it, and you called me, I don't know if you know, I, you probably know you called me from you're getting checked in or whatever at the office at the Bozeman rodeo. It was cold. And you called and said, I'm standing outside the office and kids are complaining about the cold. I beat them already. I already won. And so I don't know. I, I think like you guys, it is fun to go to Casper, Wyoming. And that that's a great arena that the yeah. Casper event center is such a perfect spot for the college finals. You you can focus. I don't know that kids that don't deal with that understand. You can focus on your event. You don't have to worry about, uh, I, you know, you guys sent pictures. Your horses were all saddled with blankets over them mm-hmm. to keep them warm. It is work. It is, And it's yeah. exhausting. It adds an hour to your prep time. And I, I mean, all of a sudden, you're there's so much more to it. So much more to warming up. So much more to getting ready. Making sure your horses don't get hurt. You know, that there's a whole nother level of prepare yeah Yeah. uh going back and for purpose of this not to spend a lot of time on technicalities of like point system high school rodeo college rodeo it's interesting to me but a little inside baseball it i watched you guys it took a semester of college rodeo to cure yourself of what how high school rodeo screwed you up in the way to rodeo and I, i mean uh, high school rodeo is a great thing. It did so much for you. But as far as the way kids compete, it's not regular rodeo. You take your seven best rodeos. You got, I need my seven wins to take 70 points to the state high school rodeo. Rodeo is not a sport of winning first all the time, is it? No, and it's not really high school rodeo. It's Montana high school rodeo. I hate to say it because there's a lot of states that do it like college rodeo. But I mean, and there's other states that do it like Montana. But that was hard, a hard transition because we did have to do our seven best rodeos. So that meant seven 10-point wins, you know. We would come home from a weekend of high school rodeo and you guys would be pissed because like... You would have five wins in the goat tying and you needed seven to max. Then you'd max out. Yeah. And you wouldn't win. You'd be third and be, you'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. It was a wasted weekend and that affects you. Then you go to college where, Hey, third, get me third place every yeah. time I'll win the, I'll be the regional champ. Mm-hmm. That's a hard mentality to learn really how to rodeo. Yeah. It's really hard to come out after that point system in high school and then get to college and play your own game. Maybe a girl comes out and draws a really good calf and gets a really good start on that calf and is able to be really fast. Well, maybe you draw a runner that you can't be fast on. you got to play your game. You can still place on that calf. You can't go out and just try to win because you have to play your game in college because all the stock is different. There's different conditions. And everybody's on a different level still, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And so if you play your game and just chip away and place, you're going to be way more successful. You know, that's good because what's the famous saying? In rodeo, the general saying of everyone that's world champion, do the best you can on the stock you've been drawn. Mm -hmm. In high school rodeo, kids didn't because they weren't accomplishing anything unless they got the win. Mm -hmm. And so it messed you up in both your technique, your mental, the way you go about it. I mean, you can give examples. 
of great rodeo stars in pro rodeo that we've known that they've made a live and win in third. Yeah. Lisa Lockhart. Mm-hmm. She's made a, yeah. she's, there's nobody can touch her as a cowgirl in yeah. professional rodeo hall of famer. When I get that changed and you don't have to be a world champion in case she doesn't win a world yeah. title, which she still very well could, but there's been calf ropers in history. There's been uh, bulldoggers in history. They, somebody told me once I'd rather win third every time than first, every third time. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. you in third, second, third, every time you're a winner yeah. at the, at the end of the year, I'll get my buckle. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, the thing when I, when I look at you guys, when you started junior high and high school rodeoing, I would go to a rodeo and I'd watch and I do it to this day when I go watch you at a college rodeo or watch online or whatever. I just think you ride a horse better than everyone else. Now, when you get to college, it's a Shelby. I think I'm joking. <laughs> Don't stare at me. But you guys, it, there was, we'd be at a high school rodeo and I, it would dawn on me. I'd watch you guys every day out on your horses at home. So I took it for granted. Hey, good job. Nice barrel run. Nice, whatever. We get to a rodeo and I go, you're just not everyone, but it, across the board, you know, better horsemen. And your mom, I remember your mom, Katie, she had you guys ride in English. And that's like the best thing you could possibly mm-hmm. do because it all starts with you and a horse, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so many, so many, especially families that didn't, haven't been around it as much or don't have necessarily even like ranching background or something like that. But there's so many people that just go, they decide, okay, I want a rodeo. And they miss that whole step of, okay, first you need to learn how to be a horseman. And I think that's where a lot of people are missing something. And even if it works right away, you you know, you see it work right away and then kids fall apart. I think it's so much harder. And it's like having a broke horse. When something falls apart, it's way harder to fix it. It might work short term to be to not have those like kind of wet nitpicky horsemanship skills. Right. But if something goes wrong with a horse or with your, I mean, you have no foundation there. Mm-hmm. The foundation is what's important. Uh, More so than just the rodeo skills foundation, but the foundation of knowing your horse and knowing how to deal with an animal. Yeah. How many, how many kids or adults have we seen? Hey, we bought, we bought Sally. We bought Sally this barrel horse and such and such did real good on it. And away we go. We bought a trailer and a horse and a few rodeos in this horse starts to, cause they just run it as hard as they can. It starts to blow up. Doesn't work. What do you do? Buy another horse? To have, like you said, that foundation of to go, what's going on here? Let's put it all back together. Mm-hmm. That is a step, like you said, that a lot of people miss. And I think, I don't know, I think it has helped my love for rodeo too. Because I think so many kids, all they do is compete, compete, compete. I didn't compete that much when I was little. I right. was always no. around rodeo, but I was never. We, we never did the every youth rodeo. We no. didn't do any youth rodeo. No, I didn't even rope until I was an eighth grader. Like I really didn't. And I think that's where when things fall apart, competing isn't the only thing I know. I will say I would rather be on a horse every day than compete. Like I, I love, I love yeah. to compete. I love to rope, but I love being on a horse and training a horse and learning my favorite thing. I told her this at the Joe Beaver clinic. 
like somebody had like this breakthrough with their horse in the box. I said, I think that's cooler than the girl who couldn't catch. You know, I just, I love horsemanship. And I think that's what's kept me loving rodeo because I've had a lot of up and down. Like I've had the highest highs and then year long dry spells. And I think like we were taught and, and it has what, it's what's made us love rodeo. We were taught how to love a horse and how to respect a horse. Mm -hmm. And it's always been instilled in us that the horse doesn't owe us anything. The horse is doing us a favor. And if I think once people start demanding stuff out of horse or saying the horse should respect me, I'm the rider, they respect me. That's when things start to fall apart. You have to have a mutual, do this for me. Do yeah. that. Well, how did you, why did you do mm-hmm. that? You when it's usually a, the person. Yeah. It's a mutual yeah. respect. It's a bond between the horse and the rider and your horse can feel that when you're treating them like a machine, they're not going to want to work for you. Yeah. So I think it was paraphrase Ty Murray. He was my first podcast in this project. And he, he got, he went uh, so passionate about horses and he said, horses need and deserve a consistent source, a consistent stream, a stream of consistent information given to them Mm -hmm. in the right way so that they can learn it. And a horse going crazy, you can blame the horse. It's usually the person. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, that was a very, before you guys went off and competed in kids rodeos, I mean, you had big Zane and you had a pony that bucked you off. We kind of put you on some crap for a while. We yeah. didn't say, here's a $50,000 horse, go get them. Yeah. And we put you on some crap yeah. until, and that taught you a lot. Yeah, I wasn't one of those kids that showed up to the junior rodeo and it was like, oh, Shelby's here. She's going to win. No. Not at all. You know, I heard too, I, whether I told you this or not, people would come to me and say, you need to put, you need to put Shelby on a horse that's kind of automatic and give her a chance here. Like, what does it matter in sixth grade? What, yeah. Isn't it going to matter when it means something, when yeah. she really wants to do it? So, um, Because but, now... She can ride anything. It doesn't right. matter if her horse is automatic. Right. She knows how to ride yeah. anything. But you did have a great teacher. Your mom oh, yeah. is as good with a horse. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do I tell? When your guys' barrel horses are kind of not working great, what do, what do I tell you? Just let your mom get on them. Yeah. That, that horse needs some mom time. Yeah. She needs some Katie time. So, but yeah, putting you in an English saddle, yeah. uh, heels down, weight where it's supposed to be, right in the middle. And, and then, yeah. We rode a lot of bareback too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times for fun, but I think that's helped mm-hmm. our riding a ton. But too. even when it's, when our barrel horses aren't working so good, it's never take them home and make 10 runs on them. No, it's never. never a punish them, punish them. It's like, okay, let's reteach them. Let's put everything back together because they're athletes too. And we can't just expect them to be perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I use other sports as analogies all the time. Remember I used to use track as an analogy with a, with a horse. You, they got to warm up. They can't just get out of the trailer and run just like a track athlete. The other one was um, football when kids don't want to do practice and we use barrel racing as an example, but roping's the same way now with all the different contraptions to learn to rope. You got to do it slow. If you can't do it slow, you can't do it fast. How many thousands of times did your mom tell you that Mm -hmm. as I sat on the tractor ready to rake the ground? But um, it's like football. I coached football and I played football. Rarely 
rarely do teams in football practice full speed, hit as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. You break it down, you do a walkthrough. Man, kids, they just, they want to go fast. They're like Ricky Bobby. I like to go fast. And whoo, you, you get it perfect. I remember girls coming to, to our house for help. And Katie would help them. And they'd, okay, now make a run. Perfect run. Good. Nice job. She'd turn her back. Bam, they go again. Why'd you just do that? Um, I think I needed it. No, you don't. You just tortured your horse. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to blow up again. It was, it was always interesting for me to watch. But, um, and then, it, you know what? I know this got to you guys. So then later, you're at high school. And we had some good horses. Yeah. So you go and win the barrel racing on a horse that at one time your mom had run at a pro rodeo. What do the parents say? Oh, they're on their mom's pro rodeo horse. Oh, look. They're, oh, yeah, sure. Paige Rasmussen comes along, wins the barrel race on her mom's pro rodeo horse. Okay. Well, uh, you still have to, I still had to ride him. We right. Still had to ride yeah. him. But, but, but those horses were on the plate. Yeah. Like, she didn't hand you the reins yeah. and go, I know you've never been on this horse. Please go beat high school kids. Exactly. That, you know what, that, that was just uneducated. They're everybody's horses. They live at our place. You guys rode them all week, but it pissed them off that your mom had placed at a pro rodeo and you're coming and winning, oh, beating these high school kids. You're damn right. Like, yeah. you guys worked hard at that. that. Oh, man, I used to get mad. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you do, huh? <laughs> and a lot, especially we, the pro rodeo horses, especially for a little while, my mom and I battled over the pro rodeo oh, horses. Oh, you think? <laughs> I think every practice, which it made me way better, but when I first started riding Lucy, the horse I'm still riding, but I started riding 14 her 14 years was, old now. Yeah, and I started riding her when I was, like, 14. And she... Um, yeah, we, about every practice was tears and yelling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah, but that's a, you got teenage girls, horses, and a mom who's a great trainer and coach. There's battle. That's a battle oh, of brewing yeah. right there. Yeah. Because she so. didn't just stick a, stick us on the horses and say, okay, make practice run, and it was perfect. Just because they're nice horses doesn't mean they just do it. Or, drills. No, or just the because, drills. The tire drills. Or just because the, they're nice horses doesn't mean we rode them right. At first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can make a nice uh, horse look really bad. <laughs> so I address you a lot when I talk about when you were little kids because you pretty much from the time I can remember, well, not that I can remember, probably from the time you can remember, yeah. from when I have pictures of you when you're a baby on a horse with your mom. You cried when you couldn't be on a horse. From f your earliest memory, that's all you wanted that's, to do. That's all I've ever, I've never burnt out of it. I've never not, I mean, I can't. There's always a little, well, some yeah, places, I've, yeah. Like burning out of competing in the rope, but I've never burned, burned out of being Are you a horse. falling star? Cause you look burnt out. Sorry, we Here's just read it. I used it, yeah. <laughs> but I was always on, I mean, from literally from when I can remember. Like, that's all I did. I didn't do any other. I mean, I was a gymnast and I did other You were things, good. But, both of you were great gymnasts, yeah, but, which helped. Yeah, but I never, like going into high school, like I go to gymnastics rodeo. I never had any interest in other sports. I never, like that was my thing. And I never really wandered from that thing. Like, no. I never took a People, break or... Uh, it recently, somebody said, oh, Shelby could have played basketball. And she didn't want to play basketball. Yeah. Like, and I didn't rope or, I mean, I just rode pretty much. And I barrel raced and I pole bend, but I didn't rope until I was in junior high, mm -hmm. later junior high. It was just, I loved being on a horse. Yeah. Were you, 
on the other hand. I did not. Early, but early on you did a little. Yeah, but I rode. I, I have a picture. A I'll have a, I have a picture and I'll try to find it for Logan to try and edit in. When we were at the American and Shelby is fringe, leather vest, headband, and you are flat build hat, straight up right here. <laughs> like, like you, you did everything you could to not be her. Yeah, I. Well, we did both did gymnastics. I loved gymnastics, and I did track from the time I was in second grade. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I just didn't like the rodeo scene. I hated it when we would go to rodeos on the weekend. I would sit in the trailer and watch movies. I just didn't like it, and. And there was, there's some, you didn't like what I like. I mean, no. there was a point where never, we, yeah. yeah. She did not like it all. No, like I'd learned to tie my mm-hmm. shoes. So she purposely learned to n- never learn to tie her shoes. Like until late. We like, wondered if, you, we wondered if you would ever learn to tie your shoes. Well, I don't know how to do the bunny ear thing. You tie your it, shoes different because you wouldn't learn yeah, it. Just, I mean, you do a weird. Yeah. It's amazing. And I can't get it. Yeah, that's cool. maybe why she's such a goat tire. Yeah. She's a we good. Oh my god! Yeah, we just had a breakthrough <laughs> on the goat the, tying. Yeah, it came from the shoe. You tying. tie your shoes weird yeah. in one motion. Yeah, exactly. Holy crap! Look at what Can we it, did. Do you have a pen? Oh my god! We just figured it out. <laughs> but you were, and then all of a sudden, one in true page fashion. I don't know what it was that happened. You I know do. what it was. Okay. It was me not making the junior high finals. She wanted to go to Gallup so bad. Yeah. So Shelby oh. didn't. Oh, make that's junior, right. Yeah, Shelby didn't qualify for na- junior high nationals, and when, I was so mad. I said, "Oh, you know, when you're in seventh grade, yeah." I said, "You know, I'll I'll just do it for you. I'll just make nationals." That's <laughs> right. That's she right. Started rodeoing that summer. I just started in we, sixth grade because I had been running 19 second pole, but like I was a I shoe in for nationals. The big day. And my horse fell at state, and she was all ready for a trip to Gallup, and we didn't. No, get to remember what happened? I know it, state finals was in Hamilton. <laughs> Shelby came comes on the scene and wins every rodeo in the pole bending. We go to the state junior high finals, and every person that walked by you said. Oh man, we can't wait to watch it. You got this made. You're going to compete with the Texans down there. We finally have somebody to go to nationals and beat those other big time state. And everybody, they called your name in the pole band and everybody came to the fence and you were just like this. Those, I, I do fault that a little uh, uh, to a bunch of the other parents at that time. We were trying to be really cool and they just kept, oh, we can't wait for you to be at nationals because you're going to do this is... Didn't even, like, broke the pattern or something. I think the hardest thing in rodeo and any other sport probably is meeting expectations. Like, I know that was hard, and then, um, and that, in turn, like, those kind of things have been the best thing for my rodeo. I mean, I turned around the next year and made the nationals in four events. But I think the year after I won all three titles in the NRA was the hardest year rodeo of my life, I think. Like, it just was... After. After. The year after. After, yeah. Because that's a hard thing to live up to. Or the year after I made the college finals as a freshman. I had a horrible year the next year. I made the college finals in two events as a freshman. Only freshman. I think there's me and Sean Perkins were the only freshmen from our team to make the college finals. And then to go turn around in the next year, I had... Oh, it was awful. Yeah, completely. And it's not always... It, a lot of it's adults mm-hmm. and a lot of it's parents mm-hmm. and grandparents. And they just think, okay, you're in now. You're never uh, in. Uh, rodeo, mm-hmm. you got better learn to win, learn to lose. Yeah. Better learn, learn to lose gracefully because you lose more than you win mm-hmm. in this sport. 
Yeah. His bull riding, you know, so a guy rides 40% of his bulls in PBR. That's really good. He's still losing more than he's winning. Yeah. And so that was always important. Wasn't like, what do I always tell you? People will remember before they remember everything you accomplished in the arena, mm-hmm. they'll remember how you treat people. Right. And that's, so what happened to you guys? Like, what, <laughs> you, what, what is your problem? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's expectations are because, and rodeo doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. It's still a timed event. It's still a rough, you know, you're not rough stock guys. Yeah. So well, it's, it doesn't lie. Well, we practice to increase our odds of winning. Yeah. But you can never completely get rid of the chance that you're going to lose. So we practice physically to increase our odds of winning, but then we also have to practice mentally to handle it when we don't win. Well, yeah, and go back to the pressure, you know, rodeo doesn't lie. I'll be the first to admit, my, I made college finals my freshman year, and that next year did not lie for me. Like, I'm not, like, there were no excuses for not making the college finals for me, and that's right. just one of those things where I've had to get better mentally. I mean, even this year wasn't a stellar year for me, and I think that's not shutting down mentally, and I am a culprit of shutting down yeah. mentally. You know, that's been hard. You've struggled with that. Yeah. Yes, especially lately. I mean, I, 16, 17, 18 years old were like, I was unbeatable rodeoing. Like, those were my years. And then to go kind of, and I haven't gone downhill, but I've had things go wrong, and I've had, that's a hard thing to keep, mm-hmm. keep plugging Speaking away on. rodeo, not lying, I was somewhere... <laughs> having a drink or some food somewhere here in Billings recently. And I, by recently in the last couple months, three months, there was these two older ladies sitting and they were rolling that night. Hey, you look familiar. And they started talking and I was just by myself and said, they, and they figured out, Oh, you're that rodeo guy. And we, they were asking about my kids. And I said, my girls are on the rodeo team at Montana state. Oh, well that's sure. Advantageous for them. I said, well, what do you mean? Well, they have such an advantage having you as a dad. They didn't understand the sport for one. So such an advantage having you as a dad with all the people you know and the ins and outs. I said, oh, what What do you mean? I just kept, yeah. well, you know, with all the connections, they're obviously going to be successful in rodeo with all the connections. I said, you can have all the connections you want. Yeah. But it doesn't lie. I think your, well, go tying, or your connections have made her the region champ go <laughs> Right. Well, I, I rigged. I rigged the timers, but, Mm -hmm. but it is, that's frustrating to me. Well, and sometimes people just assume, you know, if you have the connections or you have the, the rodeo name, you're automatically in, but that's actually a disadvantage because you have that to live up to. Mm -hmm. It is more of a disadvantage to have all the opportunities and the name and the rodeo background than it is. You have more of an advantage if you just start from the bottom and nothing. I've heard there's no expectations. I've heard parents. Oh yeah. Here, here they come. I remember, and he was a friend of ours who said it, but I remember Jess Lockwood, he was riding in the PBR that one, his first spring at 18, and he wanted to make, he needed to make the state high school rodeo. So he was going to, I remember he went to Three Forks, the high school rodeo, yeah. and he was always with the guys behind the chute, and this parent said, oh yeah, and then Jess Lockwood struts in here like he's God's gift to the world, and I said, did he? And the guy looked at me, I said, did he? Or did he walk in and take his gear bag behind the chutes and help the young kids with what they're doing? What, what did he do? Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing in high school rodeo is, well, this is a big shocker. Parents. 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I used to, somebody, people who don't know me very well say, you ever clown any high school rodeos? And I always say, just the ones for orphans. <laughs> Takes them a minute. But, yeah. but that is a hard, a lot of times I always, the, what's cool about college rodeo is, you know, parents. <laughs> okay. the, the parents have to sit in the yeah, stands. They can't be anywhere near any of it, really. I mean, so they can't like, help you in the box. They can't help you in the arena. You're kind of on your own and it makes you grow up and it's kind of nice. <laughs> you guys know that. When I went to high school rodeos, I did everything I could to not take attention away from you. Mm-hmm. Like that was my big goal at nationals, at state, all the dads were down there and I'd hang with some of them, but that was my biggest thing was I'm not here for the attention. I actually not long ago told an announcer to not say my name. He said something about me. Oh, Flint's up there. I said, don't say my name. That's not, I, I get it plenty. But that was a real concern of mine. I don't know if you guys knew that, but I just wanted to be hanging out and yeah, maybe, you know, I wasn't, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I know in high school, like, at least, yeah, I know for us, we never walked in like all entitled because of our last name. It was just rodeo. Yeah, but I think people still probably thought people that thought of us. we did. I but mean, in still, our minds, it wasn't. Yeah. Something. Here's comes those girls on their mom's pro rodeo, or yeah, like. Well, why didn't they say, oh, here comes Katie on Paige and Shelby's barrel horse? <laughs> no. No, is not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know what, though? I'll tell you an advantage you have. Looking at my notes. I'll tell you an advantage that you had in high school rodeos. When it came down to especially the national uh, nationals in Gillette or Rock Springs, we watched – families. It was nothing for us. On uh, the morning of a high school rodeo, load up trailer, load up the horses. Let's go uh, get some pens. Let's get parked. Let's get ready for the rodeo. For a lot of people, the traveling and by traveling everything from the driving to getting camp set up to getting food, set up the barbecue. That's the biggest project of the rodeo. I think, and this, I think I, you saw it mo- a lot at nationals where it was like, okay, nationals was the end goal. There and you go. for us, a national title was the end goal. And I think part of Montana's problem is they have themselves be, they truly believe that Texas has an advantage or mm-hmm. that any, so they get to nationals and they don't even think they have a chance and they treat it like vacation where there are kids that truly have a chance and have themselves already beat. Yeah. If you come there and you're like, well, I can't win. So I'm going to go play volleyball. Oh, have you seen the Texas go. girls? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. Or um, Texas, or already Utah. Pissed off that Texas, oh, Texas's point system, they get to bring more kids and who cares? Go compete. You know, yeah, you gotta if be you're there, better you, than all the rest yeah. of them, who cares? I, I, I pissed off a few parents one day because you start getting emails right away after the state high school rodeo. Okay, everybody, who's cooking on Tuesday? Who's cooking? Which district? Okay. Um, you know, I've never been held hostage, but I've been in a group text before and it's pretty much the same. Um, or when you don't play in the volleyball tournament and you go jackpot instead, you're kind of shunned by the rest of the team. Yeah. Okay. The volleyball tournaments this day, Hey, we're going to make t-shirts. What color shirts are we wearing? And I never answered. Yeah. And people say, well, what about I said, listen, we got a big difference between us. Your, your kid wants to make it to nationals. Mm -hmm. My kid wants to win nationals Mm -hmm. and it, 
piss people off because once again, I'm right back up on that. Oh, here he come, yeah. you know, but that's the truth. I, there's some great talent. Luckily then for a couple of years, we had some great champions, Sage yeah. Newman, Houston Brown, you know, Jess Lockwood never won a high school oh, national title, close, but, but he was, he was second twice, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. And, but he was one of those kids. We had some time to bench kids. We had Cal Fuller. We had, uh, you got you Haven Haven Medjid was yeah. there. You did some great things in barrels and poles. I mean, finally, some kids. It was like a breakthrough to, for people to go. Oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. We because and I will. So back to my original thing. That's one way you had an advantage because from the time you were born, we traveled all over the country to the biggest rodeos in the world. And when I got there, that was the important thing. So you guys learned that. When you get there, that's the important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when I found out I made the college finals, I had to pick two events because I got to go for the all around. And this kind of, I mean, this is kind of, I was excited that I made the college finals, but you haven't seen a grumpier human trying to make a decision. She was on. so grouchy because she couldn't decide what events she was going to I wanted to win the nation in the all around so bad. She said, I'm not happy about this. I mean, what? Yeah, so we're we're sitting there and she's like, well, what events am I going to place in? You know, it wasn't just, well, what am I going to have more fun in? What am I going to have more freedom in? She wanted to win. Yeah. Yeah. Because it had been easy to go. I mean, I've been riding the, it had been easy to hop on Lucy and run barrels again there and rope a couple calves, but I chose the go tying and it's been hard. I you, you're really working hard. her ass into the ground. That's my job. That's your job. Oh, I'm a little tired. Who, uh, who's more like me and who's more like your mom? I think it's changed. I think I was more like my mom growing up, but I think I'm more like you now. I, I agree. I think you were, you were a clone for a while. And then as you grew and then she's like my mom, you're the intensity I'm that really intense. the real, listen, I'm intense doing my job during a show and I want to be the best at my job. But as far as a daily, make a list, have some goals. This is what we get done today. Yeah. That I'm intense all the time. <laughs> like yeah, right now it, when you look at me. It drives me insane. It's scary sometimes. Yeah. The red thunder. Like I'll like roll out of bed and it'll be like, let's go tie goats. And I'll be like, come on, Shelby, we got to grind. <laughs> well, let's but time. there is, here, here's an advantage. I, I've said a lot. A lot of times I'll give an advantage to kids that have been in other sports because there's, you know how to train. I, I use Jess Lockwood as an example, but there's other guys. Jess was a state champion wrestler. So he knew how to train, knew how to win. And you were in track. <laughs> So you take some of those track warm-ups. I, I'll tell you, there's nothing I'm prouder of than on a cold day before the goat tying. I look down and all the girls are sitting on their horse with a coat getting ready. And for people who don't know, Google the goat tying. You ride a horse down, dismount at a dead run. It's sprint. It's technique. They're all bundled up trying to stay warm before the goat tying. You guys are doing a dynamic track warm-up. You're running. Stretching. You're doing the... It, it, all the dynamic warm-up stuff that we learned in track. And she now she's got you doing it. Yeah. Huge difference. It's not just physical. I mean, it is because we got to be warm. Our muscles got to be stretched out. But it's also mental. Like, if I don't do my certain warm-ups, if I don't do three sprints, if I do two, my mental game is off. There's... Well, because you're a little OCD too. A little bit, but <laughs> it's about the mental. I feel prepared. I know that I've done everything I can, and now it's just time to make yeah. my run. You know, talking about traveling and how that's secondary now in your life and when you were in high school, I remember you guys being so oblivious to crowds. Like we have a picture of you guys in your little kitty waiting pool, and I know exactly where it is. And you're going, 
and you're knee deep in water, we're right outside the main grandstand in St. Paul, Oregon. And there's like 15,000 people walking by going to the rodeo. Oblivious. Yeah. You guys. I, no. I will say I would rather speak in front of a crowd than like five to 10 people. Me too. I don't, that, I mean, that stuff makes me nervous. Like even in front of a class, that stuff makes me nervous, but I could, I mean, we sang the anthem at Cowboy yeah. Stadium this well, year. Well, like yeah. growing up, I couldn't sing in front of you two, but I could get on stage and sing in a musical. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. The anthem thing has turned into a good, that's turned into a good gig for you two. Or, we got to work on that. We got to get you singing at Casper one night. True. We're kind of going to be. Well, I have connections. It's sure to be. Casper. It's sure. Yeah, you guys. That's we the bad thing. about every performance, but <laughs> yeah. between two events apiece. But. Two events apiece. And yeah. Um, but you had to, the thing about traveling when you guys were little kids. We didn't. It, people would say, isn't it tough on you guys? No. What, what was tough on our family? My biggest regret in life is my family, you know, not working out. Because when we were together, oh, yeah. it was there was no issue. We had a motorhome. Mm-hmm. You got I'd come home from a Saturday night performance in Reno, and I'd come in the motorhome. You guys are crashed out. Your mom's watching TV. You guys were oblivious. Like you just went to bed when you were supposed to go to bed, and oh, yeah. you watched a movie. And I do remember at Bremerton, Washington, though, um, our motorhome was parked <laughs> sideways. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I know these guys will appreciate it. Sideways, and the side window opened, and there was a drill team on horses. And oh, no. the song was the Gretchen Wilson, let me get a big hell yeah for the redneck girl. And I looked down, and these two little girls are leaning out the motorhome window going, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm like, oh my God, who are, whose kids are those? <laughs> and you're in your PJs. Like, hell yeah. It's like five years old. It was like, I'm so proud. <laughs> but you had your friends. You had the Loman kid, Austin and Ashton. You had Kenna Kaminsky, Kelly Kaminsky's daughter. You guys ran barrels on stick horses at the South Point. Like, oh, you nice. wore the carpet out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, and Wayne Brooks's girls were around and Ace. I'll mm-hmm. keep him away from you now. Um, Cassidy McKee was always around. You had his probably better friends, and much s- like myself. Still good friends. Still good friends. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And that's how rodeo and bull riding is to me. Those are, mm-hmm. there aren't better friends. No. Because you're going through the same thing. Yeah. You know, I'd well, go clown the rodeo. Justin McKee would announce it. You guys would play with Cassidy. Well, and I'd say we're a little on the outside because of you because of our name you know there's a lot of kids that don't like us because we're rasmussen or we've been to you know not and not a lot but there are some i mean we're a little bit more on the outside than people would think and a lot of those kids get it i mean they they grew up doing the same thing as us i think of those kids that we grew up yeah with. they were doing the same I mean, exact thing like i think of kenna kenna was one of my best friends her mom was a world champ like she knew you know and now she had it harsher because her mom would we'd go park at reno for 10 days yeah pendleton for four days we'd be in Cheyenne for two weeks and yeah they were coming and going the yeah. contestant mm-hmm. so you're all but you were all in the same you're friends with those people much like why the Hollywood actors marry Hollywood Hollywood actors because you don't have to explain everything yeah there's no yeah, they didn't care who I was yeah you didn't care who their dad or mom was yeah and it was a neutral it was a mutual respect mm-hmm. for what you're doing you're just swimming in the kiddie pool yeah. that's all um one thing 
that drives me crazy. That used to drive me crazy. Actually, it more than that, it kind of made me mad. And I think it did you guys too. Now we're going to talk about what people would say. We'd be at the PBR finals. You guys weren't very big. And I remember fans who didn't even know me bending over saying, are you embarrassed by what your dad does out there in the arena? I, I got that last weekend probably four times in Billings at the PBR. Wait, I mean, we still get it. And I, I no, it's just dad. Like, but, but Shelby was always at, <laughs> no, and I was, no. Like, yeah, you were. I just was mean. straight to the point. <laughs> you, like, you had the RBF. No, leave me alone. No, leave me alone. That offended me. Yeah, I, I hate it. That's the one thing. There's not much about fans and stuff that bothers me, like even you getting stopped or them talking no. to us. I mean, we have had people take pictures with us randomly, and none of that really bothers me except that kind of did bother when me. When it's, does your dad embarrass you? Not even when people ask, oh, is he like this at home? Like, that doesn't... That kind of drives me crazy, dude. Whatever. Yeah, and <laughs> who saw, was... No, he's I really kinda, not You did kind of get... You know what's interesting is... Um, Coming up now, you're going to be in a different, you'll come out ahead of that one. But Frank Newsom, sitting in that chair, said, I'd get home, man, I go to a PBR and I'd come home and my wife, my kids would say, man, dad, the, the PBR gets the, the kind of famous you, we get the grouchy you because we're tired when we get home. And you guys used to tell me that mm -hmm. you got the grouchy me. Yeah. But also you got the mellow me because you can't be like that all the time. No, you're not. But the embarrassing thing, I, I was always offended by that. Or it was, you girls embarrassed. Or, you know, they asked me, what do your kids think of what you do? I didn't just spring this on you. No. There is, no it's just what we've always known. From the time you were born. When, <sighs> when you were tiny, so you would have been like three months old. Mm -hmm. uh, our trailer was parked right outside the arena in Clovis, California. Mm -hmm. And you were in a little bouncy seat and your mom had you. And when I would talk on the microphone, you'd bounce in the seat because yeah. you'd hear my voice in the, from the arena, you weren't watching, you could hear me. But this, what do your girls, what do your girls think of what you do? My response is, it's all they've ever known. It's my job. Well, and I don't think of your job as like cracking jokes or even like being funny. I, I think of your job as learning how to interact with people mm -hmm. and learning how to entertain. Not necessarily like, I don't know. I've never thought of it like that. And I have people, oh, tell us a joke because your dad's Flint. I was like, he doesn't tell jokes. Yeah. Well, like, because we've been there with you in the I told you one today. Room. We can't yeah, tell it yeah. on your own. Yeah. We've been there with you. Now you tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that you're older, I didn't tell you the jokes I know. <laughs> but we're there with you in the locker room, and it's not like you're putting on this clown face, and you're getting ready to put on a show. This is your job. You're serious about it. You're doing your warm-ups. Like, we know that it's your job. It's not, you're not just making jokes. So never have we been embarrassed by you because we know the preparation and we know what you do before the show. Yeah. And, and you can get us horse vaccines and horseshoeing and stuff. So that's <laughs> so always a positive. I get you good tickets. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, okay. So you've brought friends. So now I'm quizzing you. You've brought friends like to the PBR and Billings. There was a group of like eight of you. And... I never ask because your friends are your friends and I really like being around them. They're good kids and it's, I don't think anything of it. There's times I look up there and I think, I wonder what you guys get from your friends. Like, do they, 
do they ask you about, or is it just all cool, whatever you just, it's the, whatever. What, what is the... I think it depends on the It friends. depends, but oh. a lot of times it's they're really just excited about it and they ask us a lot of questions. They love, I mean, people don't realize what PBR is, for one. Yeah. The show that When, PBR when you bring is, your college rodeo friends to a PBR, pretty, it's, yeah. it's a different, they're like, whole. I know whoa. most of them have been around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something big, too. I mean, I think it'd be so, so different if somebody had never met you. Yeah. But I think... I think they see it. I mean, it's not just a crack and jokes thing. I yeah. think everybody is pretty enthralled with the dance, the athleticism, the interact. I mean, everything you do is learning how to interact and learning how to be spur of the moment. And I think that's what people think are cool. And I think that's yeah. what pe- our friends. Well, think right. Cool. And I am around your friends just as mm-hmm. this. So they do know, they know me in a different way. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, different and the same because you're quick in a different way, reacting to things and giving people crap and stuff. So then it kind of is just like, it's but different. It's the, it's how your mind works almost. There's been times that I look in the crowd and you're doing this. Yeah. Mostly some, yeah. Like whenever little... there's a significant other present, <laughs> yeah. that's usually when it happens. When the guys, when they show you on the big screen and you're sitting with boys. Yeah. That's it really. I've had, I've had I, yeah. Well, because you've had, I've had couple, two or three. I've had come a couple and go. boyfriends at PBRs, and it's just like <laughs> you're with. Uh. Especially for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Sometimes you're like. Other times you're like. Oh, it depends boy. on how much alcohol the guy is consumed too. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty much okay. Is there anything? I do, can do in the arena that because I do look up at you guys when I'm there and you're you're just watching. Is there anything I do that just freaking cracks you up? Like holy crap, that was funny. I don't think I've. I thought when you roped the bull at Billings, I was like, Paige, that what was did hilarious. he just do? That was awesome. We <laughs> were the girl going had crazy. The sign that was like, you did it. Like yeah, I, the girl had the sign that said, "Quit giving the bull roper a bad time and do it yourself." Or are you scared? Yeah. And then you roped. So I take Dustin Bird's rope, complete what we call shithouse luck. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Three bulls later, it's a muley and lopes right by the shark cage thing. (sighs) I'm salivating, like, oh, yeah. And I kind of slick neck nodded him. him. I nodded him, as we like to say. I don't think I've ever been so surprised in my life. And I had a a couple beverages in me, so I was like, Paige. (laughs) I was just blinking like. (laughs) Then the girl turns her sign around and says, we knew you could do it. Like she was planning ahead, this little girl. She had way more faith in you than we did. I will say that. (laughs) Yes. So here's what that did for me. All the times I give you little tips roping, now you know. Yeah. So right. now you know. We're, so he's going to find, yeah. No parents at Casper is probably a good thing. In the <laughs> yeah, stay away. <laughs> I, get, I roped him, though. I yeah. slick necked him. So, yeah. well, good. But otherwise, so you're, I think you guys are like me. And I told Justin Rumford this on our conversation. Things that make me laugh are things that catch me off guard. Mm-hmm. Not just a joke, not just a. No. Uh, but the way it's presented and things that you see that you go, holy crap, wait, that, that's entertaining to yeah. me. You don't have to belly laugh, but that's entertaining. Yeah, and the interacting off of different things, like 
uh, something super random in the crowd or something somebody does like like or even with different bull riders I think that's way funnier like obviously we love you're like at like the Australian bull snake or the boneless chicken like that stuff is obviously funny and makes you laugh but I think the stuff that is like impressive and I think I find impressive is like the different things unscripted that you didn't know was going to happen either that, you know? those that's the best, best. I'm trying the to best. think of well, there's little because things that people in the of, crowd will do that, yeah. yeah. Because of a lot of clowns or entertainers, if you will, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> they can't do that. They can't bounce things off without. I'm not a writer. I don't write material. Yeah. I just, whatever. I, yeah, an I actor. don't think I've ever called you a clown in my life. Like, people ask, what do you do? And I'm like, my dad's the roadie. Like, the, He's the guy. Entertainer. You can, I, yeah. It doesn't matter what you call No, me. I know, but I just don't think of you like that. Even when you were like a rodeo clown. I, I get a don't. lot from people. Oh, so does your dad fight the bulls? Like, Oh, it doesn't matter. I know. Uh, I yeah, I just the other day, I did, oh, geez, how are your knees? You, your body must be beat up. Someone who I kind of knew that I thought, like, maybe, you know, I'm not. Maybe we should all just start going with it. I mean, it make you sound cool. Like, yeah, oh, I'll yeah, tell you I got what, he, last week. He's in a wreck. He's in a wreck last week. That one old boy hung up. He jumped in there and got the tail. Hey. I don't know. I can I give mean, you some lingo. Why not? If you, you want to go well with just, it. It's amazing. It, <laughs> was always, it, it was always amazing to me living when we lived in Shoto, which is proud to be. You were a Shoto bulldog and you. and um, But it always amazed me. You know, everybody thinks people in Montana just common sense, just know everything about rodeo. But it's harder in Montana to explain things because people have a preconceived, they think they know about rodeo. And I think from to this day, I don't know that a lot of people in that town really know what I do. They think I'm a bullfight. You still running from bulls? Well, to get up on the fence. I mean, <laughs> you know, I still don't think people really understand. Even all- college rodeo would fit into the same mm-hmm. thing. I don't think people understand. A lot of those people have only been to the Shoto Rodeo, 4th of July Rodeo. You know, they don't yeah. know the, the big stuff yeah. out there. Um, we could cover a lot. I mean, I like to... Uh, <sighs> I like to hear what you guys, we've never really sat and talked about how you, like, do you, it surprised me. You, you said to me one day, I don't remember that something about, I referenced a rodeo because to me, 2005, the last year I rodeoed hard, wasn't that long ago. I don't really remember you. I remember certain things. I remember living in the motorhome. I remember going down the road. I don't really remember the road. I don't remember your in arena stuff like honestly like there's just a being honest, get in line <laughs> but yeah like uh, we saw the piano act at livingston pbr a couple years ago and that's that was the first time we'd like seen it. we'd like and since i was scared of it when i was a little girl and your piano caught on fire like, so yeah and that was a main part the lord of the dance and yeah the, that, I don't, and that's, I, that's the only act i remember too the the great balls of fire Huh. And Lord of the Dance, yeah, because you still kind of do that. But that was going to be my question: is what's your first? And, and uh, I do sometimes feel bad about that that you're so involved in rodeo, and I didn't keep rodeoing longer where you were older and could really take that in and have good memories of being at those big rodeos. But that'd have been hard too, because then we were in school and we were doing our own thing. I mean, there's both sides of it. Yeah, but, but yeah, but because, I don't. Listen, you guys were oblivious to the fact that, you know, in a year we'd go to Tucson and we go to Reno and Calgary, Cheyenne. I mean, there's people don't get to go to those once, but you guys, that was just you guys. How many years did you work Cheyenne and like till how, till 
I mean, you were up till up through 05. I went to Cheyenne this summer and roped at that World Series, and that was like my first memory of being in Frontier Park, like riding my horse into those arenas. Like, and I I know I'd been there, and I know, but that was like the first. It was like the coolest thing ever, even though I'd grown up going to places like that. Yeah, you know. Huh. That, yeah, that was. And I, I forget that because we have all these pictures of you guys in the motorhome with Deuce and the, yeah. the pools. And then I think back to when I was five, six years old. I don't remember that much either. No. I, I remember, for some reason, I remember St. Paul. That's like the yeah. one. There was a really good parade. It was mm-hmm. a cool, big, wooden arena stadium. Had the Arbavita trees in it. Yeah. The barrel racing, they come out of a little gate and the pattern's out in the middle of nowhere. There were good memories of yeah. St. Paul. And it was, and, and I'll tell you why, probably your brain was stimulated because it was very unique. Yeah. It was very different. So and sisters, I kind of remembered sisters. Out in the pine trees. The pine it's out in the pine trees. trees. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's interesting. So. But I don't remember the only kind of memories I have you with NFR are like making friends at the daycare, daycare downstairs. And like one year of that, like I really don't have memory even you at the NFR. Hmm. No. Remember the Gold Coast? Yeah. You were, uh, yeah. 10th floor was the suites and you guys would run down the hall and peek in Boyd Paul Hamas's suite and he'd give you licorice. And now Boyd Paul Hamas is Boy- announcing us at the college finals. Yeah, now he, and he even said that when you were a freshman at the college finals. I remember when she was a little girl at the Gold Coast coming, stealing licorice out of my room. Yeah. And you were just, fr- it was no big deal. It was Bob Tallman. It was Boyd Paul Hamas, whatever. It's They're still, just- yeah. That is the one thing. We might not have the memories of the specific rodeos, but the people, I think, yeah. of, but, you know, Boyd, Bob, yeah. uh, all those guys. I mean, so many of them. John Don Fish. And- yeah. Don Fish, Don Kish. Yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe Bumgarner, the greatest babysitter. Ever. I walk in and he's got a wand and a crown on and we paid him with Copenhagen. Yeah. That was, um, but here's the other thing it does. You have done a couple internships for Cowboy Channel, which you had an advantage because they knew you wouldn't fangirl on everybody mm-hmm. and post things on Instagram. Cause Hey, we need, uh, Hey, we want Lisa Lockhart for this next segment. I'll call her. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, you kind of know how to behave around. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, they're just people. They're people that I've grown up with. I mean, that's, that's been my family, the rodeo community. Mm -hmm. So before we go, will somehow, in some way, rodeo will be a part of your life, your whole life. Do you think, do you anticipate that? I'm the opposite. I didn't think rodeo would ever be a part of my life. And here I am, you know, 35 years later. Yeah. You guys, it's been a part of your life. Will it stay or do you have goals where you go, when I'm done with college, I'll probably be good. Okay, you start because I know my answer and I think everybody knows my answer, but I'm curious your answer. Yeah. It's hard to know because I know what I want to do with my career. Because you're ma- you you're majoring in psychology. Yeah, I'm a psychology major, which this shouldn't be a shock. There's not many rodeo kids that major in psychology. <laughs> they should because they're all crazy. Right. Yeah. So I know my goals for my career and like I want to go to law school. That doesn't really, that's not really in the rodeo community, but I don't know where it'll lead me. I don't know if I'll have my kids high school rodeo or I don't know if I'll keep rodeoing because breakaway now in the, in the PRCA, I can keep doing it, but... I don't know. I just, I have my goals set. And if along the way rodeo is still there and I still want to do it, then I will. 
Um, I just want to, I love it still. So I'll keep doing it, but I know where my goals are going to take me. So you just graduated MSU in marketing. You're trying to make a decision. You have some options, whether to go to grad school or take some work in the Western sports industry, possibly, but it's never, it's it's never, I'll I'll always be in the West. I'll always be in the rodeo industry, whether I'm working in it or right. I mean, I'll probably always be on a horse. Maybe there'll be a year or two where I can't afford to be on a horse for a Might be. <laughs> can't afford to haul a horse, but I'll always be in the rodeo industry. There's no doubt in my mind that I won't be a part of it in some way. I'm probably, my biggest goal career-wise has always been, well, not always, I but lately, past couple of years has been to work in the Western sports industry. Yeah. That's, I mean, I was business. Well, at first, I've been a lot of different majors because I was an equine science major because I just knew I liked horses. And then I was accounting major because it was something I could do and ride horses. And now I, I, I want to work in the Western sports industry. I want to mark. I want to work in marketing and broadcast. I love broadcasting. I love being on mm-hmm. camera, but I love it in the Western well, sports industry. You talk about someday when you have kids. We never pushed. It. I mean, no, you not went at all. and you, we just let you hang back. And then when she pissed you off, well, fine, I'll make that a junior high final. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I look at like, if I was starting, they asked pro football players and basketball players that a lot or movie stars, would you push your, if your kids wanted to do this, would you let them do it? And a lot of people would be like, eh, whatever they want. You know, I guess that's how I feel. Cause rodeo, there are a lot of world champions that retire with nothing. It's a real trap into that direction if you allow it to be. Yeah. There's a lot of them nowadays doing better. The rodeo community and the rodeo industry is awesome, and it's such a great world to be a part of, but it's easy to get sucked into the not so awesome about it. I mean, you have to be careful in the rodeo industry and what, and not only just money, but even morals and like what you're getting sucked into being on the road Mm -hmm. and being in the spot and not, we're not in the spotlight like any other sports. Like we're not, it's not still in our little niche. Yeah. I think there, it's so easy to go down the wrong path in the Western sports industry. And let me tell you something. I've always said growing up in a town of 1600 people and then performing in front of Madison Square Garden, there was no handbook how to navigate that. But hopefully nowadays, there are some handbooks. There are people out there trying to say, hey, be careful of this. And, uh, you know, seriously, I wish I would have had a a little more of that, how to handle things. And so it is. And how to handle knowing realistically where you can compete and knowing how to spend money. I mean... I want to be a part of the Western sports industry, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want to just keep rodeo and all out of college, go try to make the NFR. Like growing up, my goal was to make the NFR. And now my goal is to make the NFR and the breakaway roping. Like that's still a goal, but there's, you gotta be, you gotta be careful and you gotta be realistic. And I want, I just want to be a part of the industry. Even I have as much fun working in it and working yeah. with company. I had as much fun this summer. I didn't rodeo and I did the ride pass stuff than I did. You know, I just like the industry. Mm-hmm. I never even imagined that I would be college rodeoing. <laughs> no. I applied for acting school in New York when I was a junior. <laughs> That's right. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. See ya. And now you're getting your college paid for. Yeah. So, okay. Predictions. Uh, this, uh, this, as this comes out, is right before the college finals and leading into the college finals. That is a fun, fun week because of the electricity and the competition it's it's a national championship mm-hmm. so you guys montana state you have is the most kids of any school probably at the um, college finals about i mean yeah 
two years ago, the last time they had the college finals, they had this number of kids. I think it's 15, and that was the most of any school, and now they have 15. Uh, your women's team, and your men's team is, is very tough too, but your women's team, you chip away at points. It's like being at state track meet. You don't need to win a bunch of events, but you chip away at points. You could be a national championship team. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have a really good men, women and right. men's. It's exciting. This yeah, year. and you guys could do well. And reality, realistically, and you can speak highly of your sister, the goat NATO here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a shot there. Yeah. The goat NATO and the goat cane. What do we no, decide? No, the goat no, no. Nami. That sounds like no. <laughs> the, the goat Nami. The goat Nami. <laughs> you know, I don't necessarily need a goat tie nickname. No. I like to goat tie, but I don't. Uh, think how I, about I haven't g- earned goat NATO. Solid and steady. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, yeah. shoot. Well, listen, you guys, I know as we sit here, got to get on the road. Your horses are tied to the trailer as we well, speak. And and I just like to say, congratulations, Paige, on your choice of attire today. <laughs> the, the goat shirt. The goat shirt. <laughs> the goat, only Paige, the goat lady, would wear a goat shirt. We're representing Montana State. I'm representing... The goat. The, the goat. You're the goat. You're the goat. Oh, and we're my go Bobcats. Go Going into Casper, Wyoming. Go cats go. Go cats go. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> can't say we that. can't say that about no. the Grizzlies. Okay, you guys. Thanks for thanks for uh filling me in. Uh I always tell you, nothing I'm prouder of than you two. And uh so keep singing the anthem and I'm gonna retire soon and you guys gotta pick it up a little bit. Oh, that's another thing people always ask us. So is he retiring? Oh, yeah. When's your dad going to retire? I know. That's not offensive, is it? We should just, this, yeah, this is his life. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys. Good luck. I appreciate it. Proud of you. We're proud of you. Thanks, yeah. Paige. Thanks. <laughs> what she said. <laughs>